Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Sass. And you're listening to The Last Stretch, a sports podcast. We're back in studio. Mel, how you doing today? I'm good. Good day. Good day. Good day. Good day. Good day. I really <sighs> like your shirt. Thank you. I know I told it's you this new. Before. It's from Aritzia. Oh, damn. Girl's got some cash. <laughs> it ain't from playing hockey. Just, <laughs> speaking of hockey, we had Kaheri Mar and your friend Jamie Goldsmith, another you. slew alumni. So we had a lot of St. Lawrence people in the studio. And I'm now an honorary member. So that's all that matters. Honestly, it was a fantastic <laughs> school. Like, our teammates are annoyed of us because Cax and I talk so much about how we love Slew. <laughs> Seems like it was great memories, uh, honestly. It was a fantastic. But we recapped a little bit what was going on in the professional women's hockey world. Uh, Jamie Goldsmith is, like I said, a Slew alumni, but also an alumni of the NWHL. So we recapped a little bit about what's going on with the Professional Women's Hockey's Players Association and here to let you know that we will be playing hockey next year. So tune in. All right. My, my name is Jamie Goldsmith. I uh, currently am a, a coach for the Gunnery, a prep school in Washington, Connecticut, former player of the Connecticut Whale and formerly played with, uh, with Mel and Cax at St. Lawrence. Um, now a familiar or a, uh, a supporting member of the PWHPA, and I'm excited to be here, guys. Thanks, Goldie. Welcome back. Little slew crew here. Our next co-host guest today is Karel Limor. Hi guys. Um, so I'm really excited to be back here. Um, if you missed me last episode, I'm Karel Limor. I uh, used to play for Les Canadiens de Montréal with Mel. Um, I'm uh, also a um, player, uh, part of the association, the PWHPA, um, and I played at St. Lawrence as well. And uh, yeah, we will be uh, kind of like uh, recapping everything and informing you on what's going on with uh, the gap year. Okay, but before we do that, can I become an honorary member of SLU? Because I kind of <laughs> I think you should. Left out. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. So, yes, we just wanted to have another episode about women's hockey. Last time we all spoke, we had Emma on the line as well. And we just, you know, we were kind of emotionally raw at that time. The CWHL had just folded and it came to a surprise to all of us and a huge disappointment because, you know, that was our home and that allowed us to play at like a professional level. And most importantly, I think for us was really it represented something bigger than us where, you know, young players, female players could come watch us and really see themselves in us and strive to achieve um, a professional career playing hockey. So we wanted to recap sort of what's been happening since that notable day yeah and there's been a lot of like news flying around people just not really knowing what's going on and it's just a little bit of a pardon my language a little bit of a clusterfuck in the media so we want to provide some clarity (laughs) there obviously the pwhpa has been around now for a couple of months cariel if you want to you know shed some light on what's been going on with the p-dub and you know anything new people what people should be keeping an eye out for yeah yeah so uh the pwhpa was uh, officially formed 
couple months ago, I think, officially, as far as like the letters, the lawyers, uh, mm -hmm. and registrations of it all. Um, but basically, we have a group um, of uh, 200 plus players that are now standing uh, together. Uh, but we have um, board members, nine of them, that are uh, represented by national players, uh, professional players, and international players as well, too. Um, and uh, our lawyers are the, uh, the Ballard uh, lawyers. So if you guys uh, recognize them a little bit, they are the, the lawyers that were uh, on board with the U.S. Uh, national soccer team back then when they, uh, they fought their first fight for um, equity or equity, equity, equality, equity, equality. Yeah. sorry, French is coming out here. Um, so basically what we've been doing since then uh, is kind of uh, uh, organizing a little bit of uh, what the gap year will look like this year. We, uh, as you all know, we, we decided not to play in any professional league. Uh, so we're not taking uh, part of uh, the NWHL. Um, and uh, with that being said, we are uh, now focusing on uh, organize, organizing games um, locally uh, against our um, regions. Uh, those will be announced as well, too. But we have eight regions that are now part of the PWHPA, um, four in the U.S., four in Canada. Uh, and then uh, with those regions, we're also going to have uh, what we call showcases or spectaculars uh, is the real term we use for the PW <laughs> on the, the website of the PWHPA. Um, and I guess that's somewhere that you can totally uh, follow the updates um, as far as like announcements uh, or camps that are coming up from the members, uh, anything really that are related around us players. Uh, we're trying to keep uh, the fans as informed as possible. And then uh, we should have some cool announcements coming uh, in the next few weeks or months for sure. Yeah, and I think like the important part is that we will be playing some hockey next year. And yeah. we really wanted to have Jamie on the show today because she is a former member of the NWHL. Like for me personally, my decision in Cadet as well and a lot of the CWHL players, we've decided to not sign on with any other North American league, mainly because we didn't see that as a sustainable option or a viable option long term. And this is not you know there's no right or wrong way here it's just like we we didn't see or share the same vision with end up so we've decided to to align ourselves as the pwhl pa yeah yeah <laughs> and we kind of had it easier than the nwhl players i think yeah. so goldie why don't you just tell us like your hockey background why you joined the end up in the first place i mean a lot of us just joined what was around because you and i and Karel are on the same position where unfortunately not having a sustainable league, we've had to sort of play where we can find work, work. as well. <laughs> so why don't you give us our background? And, you know, I don't know a lot about the NWHL and how it was. Why don't you give us an idea of, like, what your experience was playing there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, playing again kind of fell, fell into my lap just because of the job I took um, in Connecticut. Like, when I graduated in 2013 from St. Lawrence, there wasn't really an option to continue to play um, like there, there has been the last, you know, several years with both the W and the NW. Um, so like the, the opportunity fell into my lap. It was a Olympic year two years ago. Um, there were some vacant spots available and I just so happened to move to an, uh, area that had a team. So, um, truthfully didn't think that I'd be, I would lace the skates back up, but was kind of an opportunity at the time I felt like if I was 10 years old asked that question I was 
there was no way I was going to turn that down looking at it. So I started playing again. I'm so glad I did. Like it was great to be able to um, have a positive experience playing with the whale. Um, most, you know, with, with my teammates, I think that was the biggest part of it. I think a lot of us enjoy being in the locker room again and all that. So that was, that was the biggest part of it for me being coached again. Those things were, were great. Um, but then, you know, when you look at, I think, again, that goes back to like, talk about my, my 10 year old self, right. And thinking like at that time, there were no female players playing professionally and, of course, there was the Olympic teams. That was every four years, and really, only barely, you barely got to see them, right? So, um, for me, joining the PWPA was really more about trying to, to like, I think, similar to a lot of other people's reasons, uh, having more visibility, right, and um, creating a more viable option that is going to be more sustainable. Um, so, you know, thinking back on my experience with the end up and thinking about the optics versus the reality of it. Yeah, it looks great. We have these platforms on social media where you get the blue check mark, right? Yeah, exactly. It looks like we've got. It looks like we're professional, right? Uh, it, and it's easy to do that when you're when you're looking at it through that lens. Uh, but it's the treatment of the players that really kind of lacks, right? Um, and that is not actually professional. And of course, we can sit here and go, well, the slow growth option and. I think we can look at it in a lot of different ways, and there, there are different ways to grow markets, but I think what we're doing right now is taking a stand to say um, what we have isn't right, and we can have a better option, and let's think outside the box in different ways to grow a market as opposed to just ticket sales and the typical way we think of a professional market. Yeah, and I think what's important is that we hide behind some of the challenges we've experienced because the CWHL wasn't perfect either. We, we've sort of settled with the slow growth and understanding that, oh, you know, we'll grow a little bit each year. And as long as we're growing, we're progressing. And now I think with the PWHPAs, we're really just taking a stand as like, we, we can't do the slow growth. We need a large investment to really kick off a professional sustainable league because it shouldn't have to be like you or I where uh, we happen to be in a city and we're like, oh my God, there is a team. Like maybe we can continue playing hockey, doing the sport we love and competing. It shouldn't be like that. It should be you get drafted, you get sent to a team, you go play. An actual structure. An actual structure. And, you know, again, superficially, the CWHL looked good too. Clearly it wasn't. The league folded. But like we had our struggles too. Like, And I don't think we're honest all the time with people what they are like. The majority of the conversations I've had after the league folded is people were like, oh, well, I thought you were getting paid. And then you go, hey, I got paid $2,000. And then the shock on their face is like, oh, I didn't know it was that bad. So we, we kind of have to play this tough game where we have to hide a little bit to, to make it seem like things are okay. Yeah, well, we were... When they're not. Yeah. When they're not okay, you know? So... Yeah, I think I think that's basically it was a huge learning curve to even our fans and whomever had been following us for the past few years. Like even to us, we're saying like, yeah, but it's better than what we had 10 years ago. And yeah, but it's better than what we had three years ago. But yet it was such a it's almost like when you talk to people, they're like, oh, my God, that was nothing. And then you sit there and you're kind of, well, yeah, you're right. Two thousand dollars was not that <laughs> big of a deal, although we we were comfortable with it, I think. And 
um, the f when I came uh, last time, I was saying like this might be like a great opportunity for us to to take a huge jump um, and and make a a big step for women's hockey. And I think that this is what we're doing now. Like we're not we can't move slowly anymore. Like something needs to change. And and then I think that that the fold um, us standing together, this association being created is just like helping um, women's hockey to now take a new a new ways to to grow and, and to grow way faster and also to keep on educating people because I don't know about you guys but I don't know how many times I've repeated the same thing over and over again as far as like no we weren't paid and uh, our reality was way different than you guys expected or anticipated or were kind of seeing um, we also didn't see it coming obviously because we thought the league was doing great um, so there's a lot of hidden things that we had to to manage and deal with so um, you know it it's kind of like a learning process like I, f from the conversation I've had in the past and I think that this year is what we need to be doing is educating people on on truly what we need in order to grow this thing to become a true like WNHL thing. Jamie did you want to add something I know uh, you were you wanted to follow up on Mel uh, after Mel's comment? Uh, you know what I can't remember what it was <laughs> that, it's all good. but I no but worries. I agree I agree with Cax that this um you know, this, we'll call it, I guess, gap year, right? I, I guess is what we've been referring to it as. Yeah. Um, will be Not important. And what's, what's great. Yeah. No, <laughs> what, what's great is that there still is going to be really high quality hockey. And I think the product is going to speak for itself. And that's, what's really exciting, um, is we're going to have the best players on the ice, uh, doing doing this thing, um, and I think we'll we'll see some exciting stuff come from that. No, absolutely, and I think it speaks to our devotion that you know, no, we will create time for us f this year so we could continue to play and compete and show people what we got, and then hopefully with this added time, this whole year we can build uh, a sustainable structure for a league um, twenty. 20 i guess fall yeah. 2020 yeah and I, I think it's important to say that and you mentioned it mel but yes we are playing because that was also a thing mm -hmm. uh that came up it's like okay hey, but you're not playing what are you guys doing and then i was like well we're not playing in a professional league but we're we will be playing we will have games like organized games we're playing uh university we're playing each other as i said the regions um and these spectaculars that people can come and and watch us play anywhere and everywhere we're trying to like hit every single regions um and have different teams being part of those spectaculars uh so you know it's it's something to get excited for as far as our fan goes and then i can't wait to even voice more and more of what's coming uh so that the we can sold out uh, sell out our, our uh, arena and whatnot but the product like jamie said is you know it's the best players in the world that are in together for this association and that will be playing this year together and against each other uh you know who knows you might see some minnesotan in montreal or whatever like players you've never seen before uh so it's very very exciting that's for sure in terms of those games for fans anyways who are wondering you know when are they going to happen because i think it's great that now we can say there will be games and reminding people that in a way there's a light at the end of the tunnel because i don't think you know Fans don't want to wait. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, no. they want to, and I, and I guess you guys too, you want to get back on the ice and start competing too. So do you know when there will be a little bit more clarity in terms of like when those games are going to take yeah, place? Yeah, so um, basically uh, it's been a, an ongoing type of thing where we have like those uh, all players calls and sometimes they have to be pushed and whatnot. But this, uh, we have one coming up uh, next week, Mel, I believe the... 
Tuesday, next Tuesday, we have something coming up and um, I believe we'll be able to, after that, uh, speak loudly about uh, what's coming in the next few yeah. months. Uh, of course, there's something coming and I, I can probably say it, but something in September uh, in the Ontario region um, and, uh, you know, after the, the Team Canada camp. Uh, so the national players will be part of that as well. Um, and uh, the upcoming ones will be will be announced but uh in montreal for sure like the people that um our fans and everything we we will have a great setup uh meg ewings daniel savageau and caroline wallet uh all three are committed to to help us out which was a huge help too because uh with a gap year comes a uh non-factor budget <laughs> if i can say it like that a budget of zero zero point zero zero um and uh the p-dub uh i guess or the pa uh is uh working super hard to get sponsors and and, and everything and um there's even some fellow canadian sponsors that are coming and paying our, our practice ice right now and of course we're welcoming any and every single sponsors that do want to help us uh service wise or money wise um but uh on top of it we'll have some fundraising activity and uh like i said it's uh We, we're doing a lot more administrations than we used to be doing, I guess. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where Meg and all of them kind of factor in because logistics and planning has been what they've been doing forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the important thing is, like, we can only disclose so much information currently. There will be a lot of news coming up in August I, once things are more finalized because we have been privy to dates that we know we will be playing. We just don't want to disclose it until everything's down in writing. I mean, I think for local fans, as far as the Montreal crew, things aren't going to look that differently. No. You might have fewer games maybe to come watch at home, but the times we're here, the team's not going to look that different. And you know the product's good, so... Actually, stay tuned. We got some new players as well, Yeah, too. I mean, not so. that different. The, we've... Okay. There have been some drafts. <laughs> there have been some addition to uh, the roster, too. And, uh, um, but like Mel said, yeah, it's going to look a lot like uh, our CWHL um, kind of season that we had last year as far as, like, practices and support. Um, and you said it, Meg and, and Danielle will play a, a big role. They're also having their own project too to kind of like keep on growing women's hockey here in, in Quebec um, that will speak uh, loudly um, later on and whatnot but I think that what Mel's referring to is we're we're gonna have a, a you know proper press release we're gonna have momentum that will lead to any announcement and that will come. there'll be some new regions because we got Jamie here and as CAC said there's eight regions right now so Basically, what these regions represent is centers where players who are part of the PWHPA can continue to train yeah. and, and practice and play games locally. And then we will sort of get together and aggregate for these spectaculars to, to really ramp up sort of uh, the media coverage for it. And I think what could be interesting to address is like we keep referring to our sport as product. And Jamie, you had referenced it. You're saying there's different ways to grow markets. And I think what people forget is that, you know, sports, it is, it is a market. It's a for-profit package. And what all we're asking is for an in initial investment. For some reason, people have a hard time overlooking that on the men's side and our counterparts have gotten a lot of help along the way to become sort of this billion-dollar industry. People have invested in them. I think what's different is that we're more than a product. There are so many social benefits 
to having female stars and you know female representation and i think people often overlook that mm-hmm. like jamie you 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 you're molding these young women's at the gunnery every day absolutely yeah absolutely and um you know while i sit here and continue to to tell them like yeah like there is no real professional option for you guys like continue to be good people and um explore interests and use hockey as an avenue like that'll still always be there but how cool would it be to be able to sit there and tell them like if you if that's your dream it, it could be a reality um and here's how you can potentially get there, right? Um, again, I, I look at it like that's something that we did not have. It's 2019, and I can remember thinking when I was a young when I was younger, just somebody will make it for me, right? Um, so now it really does feel like we have this amazing opportunity in front of us for those of us that that thought that like somebody else will blaze trail for us. It's going to be there when we get there and here it is. And we're not, and it's not there. Right. Um, so I I think, you know, for, for a lot of us, um, taking that upon ourselves so that there, there is that option. Right. Um, I think that's true for a lot of people that are in, that are a part of the, the PWHPA. Um, so, and I think like CAC, like you and I just worked the, the Hillary Knights camp in New Jersey and, and when we talked about it with that group, like you could see it in their eyes, how excited they started to get. And then the feedback that you get from the families after of just how inspired, not just the parents, but the, the kids really are um, to really get after it. So it, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. And, and I'd, I'd like to add to that, too, like how many uh, like we you don't usually or you don't get really these type of opportunity in your life to kind of create something that's going to be amazing or the next like NHL for us on the woman's side. Um, You know, we, that same camp, uh, Jay, we were presenting together actually. And uh, we got to a point where we were telling them, you know, set up goals, keep on dreaming. If you're really, you know, uh, set on this, you can work hard and, and get to a point because we are now creating something that you will be able to play that we will get to sit in these stands and watch you Uh, being a true professional WNHL player and to see the eyes and the smiles and the everything was priceless and and I was just saying like it's it's an honor in a way I'm taking it like I'm so pumped that we get this opportunity to kind of create something like that and and be a part of it and I think that's where some some of our critics are like well you're never gonna make a million dollars because your product's not as good and the thing is like I'm not here to make a million dollars. I'm here for like two generations from now. They, they can make will. Money. You know, like the PWHPA is really, it's not about us. It's not about us because like we're realistic. Like I'm not going to be playing and making a, like a thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. Like I know, I understand that, but it's not about me. It's about the next generation because they deserve the same right that the boys have. Like I, I asked my mom this question a couple weeks ago. We were talking about CWHL and, and you know and my dad and and I was like I wonder at what age I realized I I can't be a professional hockey player like I wonder at what age I thought that because I remember playing mini six in the basement with my brother and we're just like talking about like yeah I'm gonna make a million dollars and play in the NHL like I wonder when I recognize that and unfortunately I think it's at a much younger age than I'm probably thinking because like as women we we often pick up on this stuff a lot 
younger yeah. we realize and oh it's made i'm to be different. normal too yeah oh okay i just this isn't for me yeah it's, it's almost like it's almost worse than having that moment of like just realizing this won't ever happen to me than just being like oh yeah this is not a thing that can happen to me ever and this yeah. is just how society it's it not is. it's not like oh i'm i'm not good enough it's oh i know there's there's no space because yeah. of my gender <laughs> yeah which is which is unfair in a way right and then we're also dreaming about let's say you get to a certain level and you're dreaming about making a team that only takes 24 players mm -hmm. and i don't know how many women's uh hockey or girls hockey players we have in in the, the world yeah you're like Canada. am i gonna make the olympic team or and not? and then i was talking with you mel and you were kind of like referring to that and you're like you know it's it's like if you don't make it to that that team well you're never gonna be you're not that good like you're you're not you're yeah i remember setting, this conversation the benchmark is on because i think i've said this to safia sometimes because yeah. i was like it's been ingrained in my head as a young child that like the benchmark for success for women's hockey has been the olympics and i was like i know i'm a professional hockey player but for some reason i feel like i still didn't make it And I, yeah i remember i was like that is so fucked up and then Cause I, i was like i bet you no nhl <laughs> player is like Oh, I didn't make the Olympic team. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm what I was referring to. I don't like, think they're disappointed. No, and to yeah. to be honest with you, I cannot wait. Like I think that you know you you reset goals at some point and you're like, okay, Team Canada was my thing. Clearly didn't make it. So whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna like set up we something went to else. Slew. We had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and and we made it to whatever, like the U twenty twos or however it was or or to the level we needed to be making it. And and I think we're pushing now to our goals like are different like my goal is to get to a point where a young girl is dreaming to make a what would be exactly the same as an nhl team like someone a young girl is dreaming to be the gallagher of the women's sport and i'm sorry for brendan here for saying it and potentially he might go to the olympics in a way but you're not just dreaming about I being Sidney crosby and what i mean by that like we can all dream to be mary philip poulin hillary knight um and uh zabados or whomever as goalies or d or whatever they are but i would love for a younger girl to dream to be melanie Rocher, and uh, to be, you know, Jamie Goldsmith and to be uh, Brittany Ott from Boston, those those pro players that are giving as much and whatnot, um, that should be, you know, shown and like uh, rep it out as pro, true pro players, mm -hmm. but yet don't feel like it because they didn't make that 24 roster. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think I cannot wait to get those opportunity or give those opportunity to these younger girls um, and, and they will feel accomplished. They will feel like they they did it. They made it. They made it to that professional level that is legit. Mm -hmm. Another avenue of success. Yeah. And, and just continue to grow because the thing is, we hit our peak in college kind of technically just because to continue to develop, you have to play in a city where you could get a job that and a job that's feasible to work with and let's be honest schedule. like let's be honest our college careers are like nhl in a way you get a full ride you get elsewhere like you get paid to pretty much play and go to school like that's mm -hmm. our level of nhl which is it's not good enough like you're graduating at 22 right and then you're done hockey and it's like i i, I always attest i feel like more mature in my game now and more physically fit now and it's like too bad that i can't apply this energy to developing you know my my hockey skills Absolutely. and applying it to the game and that's why it's good that there is no no one settling i think that's key here because i think just going back to what we were saying before about 
a lot of people just saying, oh, but, you know, it's still better than before. But for any social issue in our world, yeah. <laughs> it's better than before. It doesn't mean that you <laughs> have to stop and so. that it's acceptable. Yeah. Sure, it's better than before, but society has grown and evolved and it has to continue to evolve. And if you just settle, nothing's going to change. And that means the conditions aren't fair still. So I think, you know, an association like the PWHPA is really important. And some people might think that's drastic, but I think that's just realistic. Yep. And to kind of tie in, like, I I was so glued to the uh, to the World Cup. I think a lot of people were. Yep. But I yes, think good it transitions. was so, I think it was so, um, like, I was so pumped about it so a little selfishly because I was like, their, our success could be tied to their success um and like and you're starting to see it now like we're we're all fighting the same fight here it doesn't just have to be uh women's hockey i think women's sports in general i think you're looking at it like the sports with a lot of visibility right now definitely soccer um basketball the WNBA has Mm -hmm. some visibility right now and then women's hockey this is certainly you know i've seen this topic um in some different uh in some different kind of venues right um news venues so it it's definitely i think we're all fighting the same fight and and behind each other and so i was so glued to that world cup uh simply because of because of the the equal pay thing that they have going on and and it could be a kind of a an avenue that we continue to to follow their trail with For sure. and they're a little bit and they're a little bit further ahead in, than us uh with like you know the 99ers had their whole lawsuit that was that was a little bit further ahead than where we are and we're kind of in that yeah. a little bit in that maybe a little bit further ahead than where they were at that time but um soccer certainly further ahead than where, where we are yeah and basketball as well too but it's still their conditions are not acceptable either and you're totally right we're all fighting the same fight and a big portion of it comes down to visibility like the women's world cup was amazing a the product is phenomenal so you know if that's gonna be anyone's rebuttal like i'm just putting up a certain finger to you because like the product <laughs> was awesome it was way better no. but the thing is like it's like everyone was like talking about it and suddenly people were like oh where have they been it's like they've always been there they have their own professional league the reason you know about it is because soccer has been in your face for two weeks on like social media on news coverage on Fox news and now too. it was like just a, for me the perfect example of like see people found out that they exist right and next thing you know they've doubled their attendance in in the national women's hockey league so it, it i mean that's like a direct correlation i'm it's it's causal to me like um so it's it's nice to see that there is some traction and even for me like i've never been a basketball fan really I watched WNBA the other night, last night actually. I was like, hey, it's on TSN here in Canada. I'm like, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to become a fan. I mean, Safia and I (laughs) took a a test. We took an online (laughs) quiz. We're Reigns fans. So my next next task is uh, buying a Reigns jersey, and I'm going to pick a WNBA team, and I'm going to become fans of them as well. There's a quiz for that too. Is there? Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. But it's funny because you get like your favorite players, right? Mm -hmm. I 
totally did the same thing with the soccer. I was like, I love Tobin Heath. I love Emily Sonnet. She was a bench player, but she like, played that role so awesome. Oh, Lo- uh, Rosa Lavelle is like my favorite. Like yeah. before she scored that goal in the last game, like I was, Sarah, a friend of mine was over and I was like, oh, Rosa is so good. And next thing she just snipes. That was so fun. <laughs> yeah. I became but a U.S. So- soccer fan in that moment. <laughs> yeah. So so after, after the tournament was over, just like I just want more of these players, so I started looking to see where what NWSL teams they play for. Now I'm a huge Portland Thorns fan. Uh, I have a $200 jersey and a shopping cart online, so that can buy that. That's like, so funny. Me too. I have a hundred dollar rings <laughs> just waiting for. It. And and honestly, guys, like th- this is all fun and whatnot, but this is also like women's like supporting women's sport, which is sure, like exactly. good. And we sh- we uh, potentially should have done before, but yet we weren't really face or had it in front of us and I'd being super like uh, targeted in a way and then I, I was like man I, I want to know where they're playing I want to know what they're doing I love what they're fighting for like it, it was like the whole like I mean they've been fighting for this for years now and and for sure like know. Jamie you nailed it on the head we're all fighting the same fight yeah. and you know it's good we're all going to support each other too but we also just need the general public to yeah Yeah. To general sports public anyways because this is the other thing like i'm so tired of hearing our critics say how much they dislike our sport it's like why why even speak up you don't have to like not everyone likes sports i get that yeah like i have some really good friends who are like you're doing such a good job i just i don't know anything about sports you know and that's <laughs> no, it's true because i know nothing about theater <laughs> it's yeah fair. they might not be they're not going to be an nhl fan either no right? no exactly thing. But then again, like it's it's uh, it's those fans that can like stumble on our game at some point that because it's on uh, RDS or TV Aspal or TSN or Sportsnet or whatever, and then they become like, oh, this game is actually different than the men's game. I'm also sick and tired to have people compare us to a certain level on the men's side. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing that, do the work you know, analyze the players and compare them within the league who they look like on an NHL level. Like, what is Mary Philippe Poulain like in or within her league league and the impact that she has game after game and compare her to someone of a fellow mate in the NHL that has the same type of impact and then you get the level of, like, comparison you should have. Well, you don't need to compare. Like, people love watching high school football. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone's going to argue, say, like, oh, it's exactly like the nfl no like the thing is like a to to be sustainable is like you have to create an emotional tie with your fan base which we have the problem is just like not enough people know we exist yet and when they find out then it's hey i i wish i would have known for years or whatever you know and i always say this like no one goes to the bell center to like half the bell center not even half i'm gonna say three quarters of the bell center is not (laughs) filled with Habs fans they're, they're people that came to visit Montreal they're like oh let's go spend $200 buy a $10 beer watch like the light show I'm not gonna lie I love the light show the Bell Center I think it's quite entertaining like, a lot of people are just there for the atmosphere exactly the atmosphere. Yeah. exactly so like, it is known for that exactly you know? it's but I mean all in all like we're gonna get there the PWHPA is really just we want a trampoline. We don't. We don't want to crawl up the hill anymore. We need a trampoline. Exactly. We're here for the next generation, and we really just want to work, you know, to create something that's going to be sustainable and 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 professional in the sense that like a player can come and devote their time to to being a hockey player. Absolutely. Because right now, in the past, we've had to split that time. 
Mm-hmm. And I would even go to the extent of like that player, that young athlete can dream to be drafted. I didn't dream to be drafted. Did you no. dream to be drafted? Like no, I, didn't, I came to Montreal to go to grad school. Being and it took like, two years to be like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I, I should continue. Like, <laughs> like maybe I should get into the draft and pay myself. Yeah, maybe the I registration twenty dollars to get drafted. and email the GM. Yeah, I think it was two hundred. And be like, you better draft me or I'm not playing hockey. I'm pretty sure it was two hundred. It was in twenty bucks. It <laughs> was that yeah, it was a steep amount. That's why I thought twice before entering the first. Time. Well, that's but that bringing up the draft thing is like as it is right now. At least in the the end up means nothing, right? Yeah, um, it's, it's like symbolic it's optics. It's one of those optics. Things. Exactly. Like, yeah. You of course as a pro league optically you have to have a draft but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean those teams are getting those players so um and there are no necessarily rights to them or anything like that like they there are so many loopholes for that player to be able to go play wherever they want to play sure. yeah and i mean we kind of had to because it's like let's say your job got transferred or something yeah, exactly. like right i was gonna say there's just not enough support or resources for you to be yeah i'm gonna move everything and uh, everything i own is coming with me and i'm going to boston because i'm getting that much money and they're paying this this and that Mm-hmm. No, that that wasn't an option. And, you know, I think that moving forward, I think it needs to be an option. Like mm-hmm. that needs to be the case of I'm like we're sitting in, in, in an arena or these young athletes are sitting in an, an arena like the guys and they're getting legit drafted and, and there's emotion coming through. I just want it to be that kind of feeling for, for it, sure. you know, and it, it might not happen in the first two or three years uh, as far as like having everything to be able to move like across country or whatnot but we're we're gonna probably the second year or third year you know it will be something where the shuffling will be there and the drafts will mean that much to the players yeah, for sure like we, we we totally understand things are gonna take steps um but we were just tra- tired of crawling along yeah you know because and just to go to the other like professional leagues they're a little bit ahead of us like we're not expecting a private jet but like the WNBA players I'm sorry these women need a chartered flight because yeah, they do. <laughs> I've been hearing so many horror stories of like them getting delayed eight stuck hours. in the airport for eight hours and it's like oh go play uh, in 10 hours and a they're all tall like <laughs> like, like good I point fit, I fit perfectly in coach <laughs> It's not comfortably, but I feel like I know Hills True. doesn't fit perfectly. <laughs> like her knees are again, and I don't know. And she would be like a, a short WNBA uh, yeah. player. <laughs> like know. if you compare her to that, like it's like Laure Baudry. We had her. She's a six one. one? Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, when we flew to Calgary or to China, it was like I was. I was just girl. poor her. Oh my god! I can't yeah, believe you're so like sitting here. Everything's you know? gonna take steps. Yeah, but. And we're realistic about it. I think we're realistic. It's just like we need to get to a place where people can devote 100% of their time to hockey. And we need to get there in a relatively short amount of time because it had been 12 years of the CWHL and we weren't there yet. And that's too slow. And that's not to discredit the CWHL and all the volunteers and everyone who built that because they really built that from the ground up. It was a different time as well. Like we've progressed as society. you know some some distance we still have a lot of work to do but i think it's timely right now as far as um we're kind of in the third generation of feminism and and whatnot and i think we need to build on that and and back back each other up you know support the other professional women's leagues you know i'm going to be watching WNBA. i gotta pick a team first 
and it's <laughs> don't worry i'll send you that link later yeah send me the link <laughs> you're probably gonna end up with a being a vegas fan you think I so feel like i got new know. york liberty Kiners, i'm all good, I'm good. <laughs> i went i actually went and watched my first game uh two or three years ago and it was the connecticut uh is it the suns i should know this right chicago now. suns no so the connecticut team what would it what's their name jay do you know is it connecticut Suns? yeah this is where you're just exposing me yeah. right now. Sorry. I am from you know what? But I'm pretty sure it's the sun. Okay, good. But I'm pretty sure too. And I just wanted you to kind of say, and if we are wrong, we're sorry. And I'm going to do I the research. Right. Uh, but it was awesome. We were courtside. We're going to fact check right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, I was courtside. Felt pretty cool about it. Um, <laughs> you know what? We're... We, need we road should trip. road trip we to, to Connecticut. Trip. Jay, we might be taking you on the way and uh, going to a WNBA and maybe people can mark uh, Connecticut Sun. I knew Can- it. Oh, what's Chicago's team? Connecticut Sun. Um, Chicago Sky. Sky. Sky, that's it. Mm. They have anyway, great team names in them. I'll just say that the arena was packed. Um, it was, uh, this, we, we sat with uh, amazing uh, female uh, GM and and people that were running the WNBA after and just having the conversations with them. Um, you were saying they're ahead of us. Like they were, you know, talking six digits type of like new contracts to be signed and whatnot. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm here with my $2,000 uh, contract. I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's I'm uh, like last year when we played Boston, we had to share a toilet. Okay. I, oh, I, you know that's what? A good I'm going to say actually. Story. That's I'm a good story. story. Okay, we yeah. get to Boston. Jay, you get one story too. It's a C-dub story and then an N-dub story. Okay. I'm just kind of like. excited. For the sake of being transparent with what our realities were, we show up in Boston. A, this, this rink is. That was two years ago, by the way. <laughs> but yes. two years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so cold. A, freezing. Like, so cold that an, another playing <laughs> was wearing. Uh, a balaclava like a ski mat a ski mat a a player from boston was legit okay so a so cold okay b we get to the locker room and suddenly i realize i'm like i need to pee i'm like where's the bathroom they're like oh you could go through there and i go that's the other team's locker room i'm not going to pee with the other team so we went in the lobby so now you have i like to i'm just gonna say i like to pee between each period (laughs) And so does match our goaltender. A couple Let's of us like way. have a ritual of just peeing. I have a small bladder. And I had to stand in the lobby in my gear and politely wait in line with the fans <laughs> oh to goodness. use the bathroom. It was one stall. It was only one stall. So Mel is sitting there or like standing there behind the mother of Emma and the mother of or whomever it was at that time that were all standing there. Yeah. And the, the ladies are like, oh. What are you doing here, basically? <laughs> you don't have a bathroom. And, and our goalie had to do it, too. So picture Mash trying to fit in that <laughs> mini stall uh, in the lobby of the arena trying to get in. So, so for the sake of transparency, like, we're not asking for, much. for a million dollars. No, we're not. I want yeah. a nice locker room mm-hmm. with a bathroom. <laughs> Jay, it's your time to shine. <laughs> do, you, do, you have a, do you have a good story? I'm not sure about as entertaining as peeing, because peeing is always entertaining, but... Um, <laughs> Sir, I'm just going back to like you know play player treatment stuff and like I think about our time at St. Lawrence like we were fed like queens at all like we yep. we always knew, thank we you always Mayor knew we McDougal have food. yeah like we always knew we we're gonna have food we we're gonna be well fed right um, and talking about like college is your NHL like we were treated very well in college um, so then you're like oh pro yeah I'm gonna be be treated really well professionally right uh, no not the not the case so. <laughs> 
this past season we're on our way to Buffalo, which is a it's a solid ride from Connecticut. I'd say six, seven hours, um, depending on weather dependent, could be eight, right? And we leave number four. So I've got to I've got to miss a little bit of work. Uh, you know, handcuff my my colleagues in the office here at the gunnery um, to be able to play. So uh, we leave probably afternoon. Certainly not at a time where most people would ha- would eat dinner. Um, so we're on the road expecting to to eat, right? We have a game the next day. We're professional athletes. We need to fuel like our bodies correctly. Of, to, uh, departure. To yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, we're on the bus and we're all sitting there like, you guys hungry? I'm hungry. Are you hungry? And we're like, are we going to stop? Had no no intentions of stopping to get dinner. We were getting into Buffalo <laughs> at like 10 PM. Um, and I don't like Tim Hortons. Maybe would still be open. I'm not really sure. Um, no, was everything maybe, closed? Well, no. So uh, what ends up happening is we're all sitting there like, like we're going to, uh, we're going to start eating each other. If like, we <laughs> right now. so, um, which wouldn't be good. So our coach, God bless the guy at like, just out of pocket finds an olive garden to go just get a bunch of trays of pasta and chicken and stuff brings it on the bus and then we're we're like back on the road eating on the bus but zero plan so again that like typically when you're on a road trip you're like okay like i i don't know i plan a lot of road trips too for my teams and i plan in food stops (laughs) Uh, that is the fuel to our product (laughs) right right so um i mean that that's like Again, not as good of a story as peeing, but no, just, but that's uh, a good story it's true. about and, and we've glossed over some of the difficulties we've had. And anyways, we will be improving. We got to end the show. Yeah, before we end, if you don't mind, Mel, yeah. I uh, this year, by the way, we're uh, this is like a promotion, but not really. But yeah, in a way, we're hosting a golf tournament. Uh, here in Montreal and uh, yeah hey to actually be able to plan meals on our trips and to do stuff (laughs) like that or to host people to come over um, and play us and uh, this year it's going to be on September 24th uh, and I just wanted to uh, kind of uh, it's our first annual golf tournament Um, information will come out and whatnot uh, but we are looking for foursomes for people to come and play uh, have a good time and, and meet the Olympians meet the pro players the Melanie Rocher of this world uh, and myself and we're then, pretty interesting uh, some <laughs> alumni that will potentially come as well too um, and uh, it, it's just going to be an amazing day and uh, it's going to be uh, to support the movement uh, women's movement basically and then uh, to go towards all our fun for the gap year for, for Montreal sure. so in general don't give up on us PWHPA you have a chance to support us do there's it there's going to be lots of news in August and I, for one, am very excited for this year. I'm excited, too. People need to keep an eye out for the golf tournament. will be on the PWHPA website. Yeah. Yeah. We will, uh, as soon as it comes out, uh, we're we're going to put it on our social media first, uh, our respective ones, since uh, Les Canadiens' social media is out of uh, usage right now. But uh, please keep an eye on it, and then it will be posted on the website. Uh, Stick with us. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Hey, Tax. thanks, guys. I'm- Big fan of you guys. Oh, thanks, girl. Thanks for having us. And you know what? We're coming down to Connecticut to watch some WNBA. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Connecticut Sun, baby. Let's go. (laughs) New team. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And share this episode with a friend. It's the best way for the show to grow. 
Follow us on Twitter at LastStretchPod, at MelTheRock, and at Safs underscore on the go. Our theme music is by James Blonde. You can find their music for sale at jamesblonde.ca. This show is produced and edited by Tom Zalatnai for the Upford Network. Find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Hashtag women's movement never stops. I'm Julian McKenzie, co-host of the Scrum Podcast, a sports show I'm doing with my podcasting partner in crime, Tristan Damore, on the UpFord Network. Every week, we analyze something different from the Canadian sports media landscape. Lack of diversity, getting a job in the field, coverage of different sports, and answering some of the harder questions. Through a combination of back-and-forth discussion and high-profile guest interviews, we're aiming to figure out exactly what's up in the world of sports. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Stitcher. Google Play, SoundCloud, Message in a Bottle, Morse Code, Telegram, Singing Telegram, Target, Walgreens, Bird's Nest, Dad's Shed, uh, and a crowded convention center bathroom. Hey everybody, we are the Don't Be Mad Podcast, partners of the Upford Network. My name is Matthew and I'm joined here as always with... Jason. Jamali. We cover everything from politics, sports, and pop culture. And you can catch us every Monday on all podcast platforms, and you can watch our videos on YouTube.